I'd like to bring you along on this very first episode to one of the more intense clearings I've done over the years. This was a clearing that brought anger and frustration <laughs> boiling up within me, but also love and deep compassion and absolute awe at souls that are transitioning to the other side. This was the location that I termed the human zoo. It was some random day in New Hampshire. I don't remember what I was doing or what day of the week it was, but my guide came through and said, we need you to clear a building in upstate New York. I said, okay. And I did what I always do. Went over to my meditation area, sat down. I was going to meditate and I was going to clear the building remotely. Now, at this point in my career, I had been doing crossing over work and clearing work for so many years that much of what I did, I had done remotely. But my guide stopped me and said, no, this time we need you to do this on location. We need you in the building, clearing it from the inside out. I said, no problem. Tell me a little bit about the building. I'll find it and I'll head on over. So I look up the building. It is an old asylum and someone had purchased it. They were selling tickets to ghost hunting teams to come in, stay through the night, collect evidence of this haunted location. So I told a friend of mine who was also in charge of the ghost hunting team that I was on, I said, you know, I'm gonna head down to this building and do a clearing. He said, are you sure about that? You know, in New England, you have a pretty strong reputation for being the medium that does clearings. Maybe they might recognize you. And I'm pretty certain that if they're selling tickets to a haunted location, they're not gonna want a medium to come in and clear the place. He said, you know what? Good point. So the ghost hunting team, an amazing group of people rallied around me. We all headed down there together and I kind of got in as a member of the ghost hunting team while they were collecting, you know, the evidence, I would go through the building and clear it worked great. All right. We all jump in the van. We all head down there. Everything's great. You check in at night because ghost hunting is best done at night, purely for the reasons that it's quieter outside. There's less distractions. It's easier to collect evidence. So everyone's checking in. I think it was us and another one other team. Maybe it wasn't that busy. We check in and they're going to give us a tour. So we go through the tour and the tour was, that was the first time that I started to feel the anger. They kicked off with this tour. There we were walking through the halls. Now, if you can imagine the halls of this building, it is dark, it is uh, dusty and dirty. Just think of like an abandoned haunted jail in a movie. That's really what it felt like. And it was very uncomfortable physically, uh, spiritually, energetically, because it was so crowded. There was a lot of spirits in this building well over probably a hundred of them. It was, it was really intense. And the tour started and she's telling us a little bit about this, but the history of the building. Then she tells us that the spirits that are in the building are uh, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And she's listing off the people that were on record who had stayed in this poor house, like back in 1930s. And I'm looking at two or three spirits that are standing behind her looking at me and they're shaking their head. No, that's not us. 
And I started to get that kind of goosebumps and uncomfortable feeling of, okay, I'm starting to see the severity of this situation. The spirits were looking at us and I could tell they were hoping for some assistance. And that's when it all made sense was the next thing she said to us on the tour. Here's where the anger started to roll within me. She said, we have a medium on staff whose sole job it is to contain these spirits and keep them here so you can ghost hunt and get evidence. I, I, no, no, so much anger rolled through me. I took a breath and I tried to remain calm. It was the next thing that she said that set me over the edge. She said, we have even gone so far as to decorate a few rooms in the building to make the spirits comfortable. There's a Christmas room with toys for the children's spirits. There is another room decorated, a living room in the 1920s or 30s to make the older spirits feel like they're at home. So you'll notice as you go through the building, a number of these staged rooms that are there to make the spirits comfortable. I, (laughs) inside, lost it. I'm still remaining calm, but there's that moment when anger tips over and you can't, at least I, can't keep my mouth shut. And I lean forward to say something to this one because I was angry. Why would you have a medium? whose job it is to hold a spirit and not allow them to cross over. It goes against everything I believe in. And my friend grabbed the back of my shirt quickly. He knew what I was doing and he knew me well enough. He pulled back. I don't remember if it was in that moment or later that he said, uh, you, you have to stop because if you say something, you won't be able to go through this building and clear it. And he was right. I bit my tongue really hard and excused myself. I couldn't listen to the rest of the tour. It was just infuriating. So I excused myself and I went to the restroom. Now, I do want to say, I don't think that the people that own this building are bad or cruel. I think that they haven't really thought through the whole picture of what's happening in this location. But moving forward, The tour was over and it was time to clear the building. So I took one of the film crew, a good friend of mine, we walked down to the end of the building. It was a very long building and I follow guide instruction every time. My guide said, go to the end of the building, go room to room, fill it up with the intent of a white light, almost like a a filling the room with water. And then the water and the white light flushes back out down into mother earth. That's all you need to do. It will help the spirits to cross over because there was so many spirits in this building and they were so ready to go. They didn't want to be there. They did not want to be trapped. So I went to the first room, maybe one or two. I don't recall. Went to the second room, the next room, the next room. There's a number of rooms in this location And it was probably the sixth or seventh room that I went into, filled it up with the intent of white light and water. Imagine the water flowing down back into Mother Earth. And I started to see a pattern. I started to see a few, I would always see a few spirits go upward toward the ceiling. It was very much this feeling of releasing and being able to go home, cross over. And then I would see one, maybe two, every now and then, not in every room, and they would head toward the opposite end of the building. 
And I started to wonder what's going on here. And I just checked in with my guide real quick. I said, you know, they're all crossing over, right? Are they okay? I didn't stop to take any time to speak directly with any of them one-on-one. I was just going in and doing clearing work in general. And my guide said, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. The ones that are going to the end of the building, don't worry about them. Just keep doing what you're doing. So I followed his instruction and we're walking through this building. We have flashlights because it's dark. And at first me and my camera partner there were shoulder to shoulder because it was, it was really uncomfortable. I don't get uncomfortable in haunted situations, but with that much energy, you might as well have been in a horror movie. So 10 rooms, 12 rooms, 20 rooms. We're about halfway through when I run into a female spirit that instead of crossing over, instead of going to the opposite end of the building, which just a few were, she came up to me and all of a sudden the flashlight that I was holding, it started to flash. And I said, do you want to communicate through the flashlight? And she nodded, yes. Now I could see her, but the other team members were not medium, so they couldn't see her. Called the team members into this room and said, there's this female spirit here. She'd like to communicate through the flashlight. We took the flashlight and set it turned off, um, standing upright on a table in the middle of the room so that the light was flashing toward the ceiling or pointing toward the ceiling. And I said, can we, you know, to the spirit, let's set this up. How about one light for yes? And the flashlight went on and then turned back off. I said, excellent. How about two for no? And then within seconds, the flashlight turned on once, turned off, turned on a second time and turned off. It was like, okay, she is really using this flashlight to communicate. So the team started to ask her a few questions. In moments like this, I tend to stand back because my connection to spirit is so visual and auditory that I'm not really, you know, looking to the flashlight for answers. So I stood back and I watched her interact with the team and it brought her comfort to be able to interact with others. I could see that. But then all of a sudden, I think they maybe asked four or five, maybe six questions. All of a sudden she turned and looked at me and her eyes widened and she was in a panic. And I felt the panic rush through me from her. I said, are you okay? And she looked at me and she said two words. She said, she's coming. And she bolted. And I had a chill that ran through me. Wasn't sure what was going on. Uh, the flashlight obviously stopped turning on and off. And I said to the team, she bolted. She's gone. She just said the words, she's coming. And we were all just paused for a moment, quiet. And we started to hear the footsteps toward that room. And the door opens. And it was the living owner of the building. And again, a little bit of that frustration boiled up in me. And my thought was, what have you done? You know, it probably inadvertently, I want to think and believe that this woman wouldn't harm a soul because she was a very nice, very nice woman. But what have you created in this environment that this spirit was so frightened of you? I didn't say anything. The owner said, hey, I just wanted to see if anybody wanted to see some really great footage of some evidence that other teams have caught in the past. Absolutely. They went off to go look at that evidence. And I said to my camera guy, I said, hey, let's let's keep going. Let's keep clearing this building. He said, all right, let's go. So we headed out and walked down the rest of the way and cleared room after room after room after room. And 
when we got to the end, I started to realize why those handful of spirits, instead of going upward and toward the light and crossing over, why they were gathering at the end of the building. When we arrived at the end, we were standing at the back of two rows of pews. And clearly we were in an area that was decorated as a place of worship. Up ahead of us, um, on the other end of the pews, there were some other benches, you know, some drapery, and there was a podium and a book was open on the podium. I think I instantly assumed it was maybe a Bible that was open, but this was another one of those staged rooms to bring, quote, comfort to the spirits that were being held there. On the other end of this room and in the far corner, I saw them. I saw all of the spirits that had exited and gone to this end of the building and they were gathering. They weren't paying attention to me. They weren't paying attention to my cameraman. They were paying attention to each other. I could feel them gathering together and this energy uh, emitting from this group, just, just passion and love and care and compassion. And then I started to see the clothing and I started to realize these people were Jewish they were Jewish, and I could feel that they were gathering and coming together to honor their tradition. It brought tears to my eyes to think that they needed this last moment together to honor their tradition, what's so very important to them. And they came together to do exactly that. They crossed over as a group together. No no work by me. <laughs> I was simply a witness to this incredible, beautiful, moving moment. And when it was done, my partner and I, we walked up to the, my camera partner and I walked up and we were exploring the area that was now empty. The building had been completely cleared. And I walked over to the podium. We both walked over there and we looked down and I was really expecting to see a Bible, some scriptures uh, to the page that it was open to, but that's not what we saw. What we realized very quickly was this was a book that was on the traditions of um, death and the traditions of funerals uh, all across the globe. And it happened to be open to the Jewish tradition. Again, I was moved to tears very uh, grateful to be able to do the work. Cameraman, partner of mine, we walked back to, and we were kind of closer to the center of the building. And at this point, everything had shifted. It was late. It was, well, at this point, it was about five or six in the morning. And we were tired, not necessarily from crossing overwork or clearing work. That was very fulfilling energetically, but we were tired simply because it, we've been up all night, but the building felt different. It felt like if you had arrived at an elementary school super early in the morning before the sun came up, it was warm, it was welcoming, it wasn't scary. There was one point where the owner of the building came to us and said, hey, you know, I'm, I want to apologize up front. Usually there's a lot more spiritual activity in the building. I don't know why it's so quiet tonight. I hope you're still getting some evidence. And one of the team members, she's awesome. She didn't even skip a beat. She was like, oh yeah, we, we've seen lots of evidence. I just saw a shadow figure just a few minutes ago. She wasn't you know, completely telling the truth there, but I think she was appeasing the owner because the owner felt you know, a little guilty that it was quieter in the building that it had normally been and really wanted us to have a good experience. 
Yeah. Well, what does that say? It says that the spiritual clearing went really, really well because there was no more activity in the building when I was done. And uh, all of those souls were able to go home to reconnect with their loved ones, to complete the transition, to alleviate their suffering and the frustration of being held in a location. When I was done, I took a look around and that's when it hit me. This is a human zoo or this was a human zoo. Sadly, it still is today. And, and there are many places uh, I know throughout this country, perhaps globally, where people do sell tickets and they do set the intent of holding spirits uh, captured in a location for the benefit of human you know, entertainment and experience. Now, ghost hunting isn't all entertainment. It is very serious. And I am not against ghost hunting at all. I think collecting evidence is an incredible thing. What I would suggest to all ghost hunters out there is to maybe train a little bit, maybe stay a little bit open to the spiritual connection, the crossing over piece when you're done. Go into a building, go into a location, uh, get your evidence. But at the end of the day, please take a moment to try to help those spirits to cross over to, and remember there's somebody's son, someone's daughter, someone's mother, someone's brother, someone's best friend, and they need to transition to cross over and not remain in the in-between. So that was one of the more intense experiences I had. I'm grateful to my friend for holding me back in that moment that I really wanted to say something and to remind me that it was more important to do the work than it was to speak my mind. And I'm hoping that this example is a good one on what our intent can do. It can do good and it can do harm. And I ask of you to do good because that's what I know is in your heart. Because in the end, ghosts are people too. This podcast is brought to you by The Sage Method, the most comprehensive and down-to-earth intuitive development training available. Is this your year? Is it finally your time to increase your intuition bring in more abundance, and experience the bliss you deserve? If yes, then join thousands of students across the world for a seven-week journey to uncover your natural, beautiful, and strong intuition. Visit us at thesagemethod.com for more information.